For this year's International Women's Day, the UN is highlighting the need for digital inclusion. Here at the ODPA, we wanted to mark this with a call to action by one of the women doing everything in their power to make this a reality. Gender equality is vital in all areas of policy and development, but particularly so in the emerging digital landscape, which is increasingly dominating our working and social lives. Innovation and technology are two areas where there remains a clear disparity between men and women. So to discuss these issues, to walk us through her journey and share some brilliant insider's resources, I'm joined by Stephanie Luce, co-founder of the Islands Data Governance Forum, which brings together the fields of cybersecurity and data protection. Steph, you're the Principal Policy Officer, Cybersecurity and Data Protection for the Government of Jersey and are currently seconded to the Jersey Cybersecurity Centre. You've got a wealth of experience and know what it's like to be the only female voice in the room when policies are being decided and decisions made. Thank you, first of all, for joining me. Can you tell me a little bit about what led you to pursue a career in information security and technology in the first place? I think it all started for me when I was at university studying my law degree. One of the options was data protection. And I think I picked that because I'm generally quite a private person. I'm really keen for people to have know that they have that right to keep their information private and be in control of what they want to share. And I then went on to do um, a master's, having found this sort of love, and I specialised in cybersecurity and data protection. And at that time, I think the legislation wasn't really given the same weight as certainly it came through the GDPR, particularly in relation to accountability. So there wasn't the same sort of career opportunities. So I've sort of recently come back into that field, but I've been on the outskirts for a little while. Um, And one of the reasons I set up the Island Data Governance Forum was because there is so many people that are actually really looking at careers in this and that really want to change. And I've been fascinated by how many people that have directly reached out to me, particularly other females that are now considering a career change, which is what we're all about, education, supporting people. In particular, the forum, we've had so, so much support from offshore regulators, which makes a massive difference as well. Thank you again for having me today. And Emma and and the ODPA team, absolutely 100% supportive and obviously looking to co-host some events in April. In May, we're working with the Gibraltar Regulatory Authority for their events. We're looking to do a conference in the Isle of Man in October. And it's just spreading that knowledge for all these smaller jurisdictions that don't necessarily have the same um, support and guidance you would have in a bigger jurisdiction. And it's incredible listening to your journey, because actually, when you got involved, first of all, and you studied it, you must have been something of a trailblazer, because it really wasn't a sector that people knew much about. And actually, is probably still the case for quite a lot of people. And as you said, now there are more and more opportunities and you've created this platform, which is brilliant for small jurisdictions like us. Why do you think, though, that women are still, well, historically underrepresented in these sectors, but probably still is slightly the case? Although, as you said, that landscape is changing. Slowly changing. Um, I think there's definitely the fact that there is a lack of female role models because we're changing you know it is very much a male dominated and that can be quite intimidating I've as you mentioned I've sat in rooms of you know 100 odd people and been the only female um that's quite a lot because it's almost like subconsciously you're saying that this isn't a career for females and I think as a whole we really need to work together to change that I have been very very lucky um that I've had um some very good male 
mentors working in cybersecurity, um, some of whom I'm working with at the moment at the Jersey Cybersecurity Centre. Um, but not everyone has that opportunity. And I'm very aware of that. And that's one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about supporting people, because I want to give back some of the support and guidance that I've had o- on my journey. And we've heard a lot in recent years about gender biases, for example, with data and research being heavily skewed towards men. And do you think there's a danger of this now happening in the digital sphere as well? Absolutely, 100%. There is a real danger. And it's frustrating that we're not learning our lessons, I think, personally. If you take things like 1970s crash dummies were used, and it was based on men, average build and average height, women have paid the price for that quite often in accidents that they could have been avoided had there been some different sort of data sets built into that to recognise not everyone is the same height and build. PPE equipment's another prime example that comes to mind where um, actually there was quite a, a well-known case in 1997 where a female police officer died because her stab vest had to be removed for her to ram a door down. Um, two years later, there were still no changes and a lady, they were forcing people to actually have breast reduction so that the stab vest would fit them. And I think that summary, the same police force, over 700 women came forward and said their equipment was ill-fitting and it was affecting their job and putting their lives in danger. There was just so, so many examples. Chat, uh, GBT, sorry, is um, a prime example as well in terms of it's built with old data and there's still that bias in there. And we really need to get ahead of it and recognise that we're, we're falling for the same mistakes that we've historically seen in so many areas. Absolutely. And, and as you mentioned, chat GPT, it's such a phenomenon at the moment. And it's something that's evolving all the time. If women aren't involved in the design and structure of these, these types of machine learning at the outset, then women's needs and safety considerations won't be part of the architecture. And how can we address this issue? It's, it's so complex. It is. And the obvious answer is obviously get women involved. But that is not at all straightforward because you're starting that journey in terms of you need to get actively recruiting. You need to provide training on the gender bias for those that are already working in it. It's basically a whole entire cultural shift, I think, to get people thinking about inclusivity, respect and and recognising the dangers of not having those databases that are fully reflective of the population. We're already seeing, aren't we, with the sorts of answers that people with the prompts that they're putting into chat chat GPT and obviously there are other types of software that are being developed which are sort of very similar but it feels like we're at a really pivotal moment for women in this sphere. Absolutely and I think um, for me that I mean there are so many AI and chatbots out there but um, I came across Hedgy which is um, from the Hedgehog company in Gibraltar and they put a lot of effort into building Hedgy without those biases and taking quite data sets and if the, I think it's personally a good example of how it can be done right but they have proactively and Peter Basil I've spoken to him about it it's a, sort of his his baby they were so mindful of it that they have deliberately built in a difference and I think that's the point if you are mindful of it and can do it we can get there but it's not you can't assume that your data sets are not biased you really need to put that thought in to balance them out. Absolutely. And just finally, Steph, what things can we look forward to? Sort of highlights on the horizon for, 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 for women? What's, do you feel that we've got cause to be optimistic? Definitely, definitely. 100%. With any problem, you need to recognise it's a problem to come up with a solution. And I think we've got that stage. We've recognised it's a problem. And now we can work together. Certainly, um, the NCSC have such a wealth of resources trying to encourage women into cyber, which, you know, people are listening, please go to their website because the Channel Islands are absolutely included in that and they will actively have participants from us. And locally, you see, you know, like with the forum, we're still working with education. We really want to, how do we get 
people thinking about it. Um, so I do think it's positive, but it, but it will take hard work and it's not going to be a slow journey. It was definitely commitment and years, I think, as opposed to months on solutions. Thank you for sharing those resources as well, because as you said, there is a, a huge amount of information there, but it's just a question of knowing where to look, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and if anyone is wanting some extra, please reach out to me on LinkedIn or anything. I'm happy to put people in contact and happy to provide any links to resources that I think are useful, depending on people's circumstances. Thank you so much, Stephanie. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. As Steph mentioned, the National Cybersecurity Centre website is brimming with excellent resources. If you'd like to find out more about some of the issues she's mentioned, visit ncsc.gov.uk. We also have a wealth of information and guidance online at odpa.gg. Thank you for listening. <laughs>